and I have a special guest on the show this morning. Before I um, introduce my guest, today's music choice is all by her, and we have uh, Omer Adam open the show. Can you uh, tell us why you chose this song today? Hi, good morning. I love this song so much. It's about being grateful. It's grateful for the morning. It's grateful for waking up. It's grateful to have the family that I have. that I hope the listeners will can relate to. It's, it's grateful for the rain that comes in our field. It's grateful for the successes as well as the failures that we have in our life. It's, it's grateful for the heart that God instilled in each one of us. And that was Omar Adam, right? Yes, it was. So my guest this morning here in the Portland Jewish Hour is Doris Hornstein. And if you have not met her yet... You should run and do that. Doris is a <laughs> Jewish educator, and um, she's on the path now to becoming more of a speaker and an author, and I invited her this morning to um, mostly speak about her new book, but about some other stuff that will come up. Doris was born in, and raised in Israel, and she moved to Portland after serving as an officer in the Israeli Defense Force. Um, and um, after meeting her soon-to-be husband back in the day, 
while he was volunteering in a kibbutz. She worked in education for more than 30 years, teaching more than 1,000 students in private and class setting. She received her bachelor degree in English literature and certification um, in linguistic and project management from Portland State University. Today, the world is her classroom, and she uses her unique communicative style and her knowledge in helping others foster the the four relationship everyone should experience to live um, wholeheartedly, and we're going to talk about it a little bit more later. Doris's work has been praised by Rabbi Joseph Tuskin, uh, best-selling author of more than 15 books on Jewish ethics and literacy. Tuskin states, the book is very powerful and very beautiful. What I have read is passionate. Every spiritual and well-reasoned um, three things that don't always go together. I particularly love the analysis of the, most, the word matzpun, conscious, and its variety of related meanings. And I I'm going to stop here because we're gonna, I don't want to say too much about the book before we actually talk about it. But uh, good morning, Doris. Welcome good to morning. KB. Good morning. Thank you for having me. And you've been here forever. You are the first <laughs> Israeli I met when I moved into town because, you know, back in the day, everybody thought that because we're Israeli, we must know each other and, and get together. So uh, people kind of brought us together to meet, which yes. was really awesome. Absolutely. Um, and uh, you were still uh, you were still working in education and, and being a community leader. And can you just tell us well, a little bit about being here and well, I met my husband um, in Israel, and he brought me here. I came in 1986 with one suitcase and $600 in December with no coat. <laughs> Can you imagine that? And uh, and we have uh, and I've been here ever since. And I got my degree in English literature, thinking that I will go back to Israel and teach English, which was my first love. And you know, you plan and God laughs or God has a different plan. He may not laugh, but he has a different plan for you. So here I am uh, teaching and, in, I hope, inspiring other people in the, within the Jewish community, but also outside of the Jewish community, to connect with, with our roots and to connect with spirituality and with Jewish wisdom. And so I'm, I'm grateful for all the people that I've met. And, of course, I'm grateful to meeting you way back then. How many years has it been? Over 12 years. Well, I've been here for 31 years. I've been married 31, so it's 32 years. Yeah. So I'm glad. And now it seems like my life has opened yet a new door for me. And that's my book. And uh, speaking about my book and speaking and generally making the world my classroom, as, as you said so beautifully. Yeah. So before we, before we um, talk about the book, um, some, of the, some of the challenges that of of being here, and you know that's why people brought us together as Israelis, thinking that we kind of find comfort in, in thinking rightly that we find comfort in having other people from the same culture and the same experience next to us, and um, you know the you're going to talk a little bit about the basic for your your book or what what brought the experience that brought that, but through 30 years of life here. Um, what what is the how does it feel to be so far well, away from from home? You know, what a what a what a path it has been. Really, I mean, thinking when I think about about myself thirty years ago, every time I would go to Israel, my husband would have to come back to come to Israel to take me back to the United States, and I would be crying all the way back on the plane. It would be it would be sad to leave my family, to leave what I've grown with you know grown up in the society and and I think it's it's important to keep on the village that you have you know and for me meeting Israelis like you like other people the teaching I'm teaching a, a class with Israelis families to the with children called Ivrit Bivrit and that's another way that we form a community just last night all the moms of Ivrit Bivrit program we got together for dinner and so we create a community because we do need that um, that venue to express ourselves as Israelis because we do have <laughs> a little different methods you know we may be a bit different than than the American culture but having married an Israeli I'm an American I 
I learned also to adapt to that world. So I think I've like one leg in, in the Israeli culture and another leg in the American culture. But it's hard to be away from your family. And so when people come and meet with me, I'm almost like a kind of a little bit of a support group for them because I've gone through this. I've gone to the missing of the, your parents and your family and your food and where do you buy certain things, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, yeah, but time does make an enormous impact on how we perceive life. And, and 30 years ago, I was not feeling as comfortable as I am today. And I think today I take the best out of both cultures. I, I, I want to believe I'm taking the best. And I, and I move with that. And I hope that I present Israel well to the Americans and also to the Israelis, I present America in a positive way. And the nice thing is now, when, you know, when I came in, we already had the internet being in everybody's houses and now on the palm of, the, of our hands. Mm-hmm. So the connection and the communication makes it more, oh, everything I rem- is more globalized. Oh, I remember the, just a plain phone call to Israel would be for 20 minutes, 15 minutes would be $40, $50. And when you don't have that, as a young Israeli living in the United States, you can't. So then you write letters, right? But it's three weeks until you hear back. And so, yeah, now it's everything. FaceTime, WhatsApp, videos, you know, it makes it easier. Makes yeah. it easier, definitely. Okay, let's listen to one more song and then continue talking about what, what made you make the transition okay. and write. Okay. song ever <laughs> there, is called, was, there is was uh, dancing in the studio here <laughs> it's called Amen Sarit Haddad the queen of Sephardic music right now in Israel and what I love about it is the name Amen you know may it be so so it, it, she's talking about may all of her dreams come true and all of our dreams come true wouldn't you want to wake up in the morning to something like that it gets you going it's great rhythm 
you you shower in happiness and you say, please, God, make this day the best. So I'm sharing with you the ones that I love, the one that picks me up. And, and I hope you, whoever you are, the listeners out there can enjoy it as well. So thinking about picking up and, and that pray or, or saying amen, um, before we talk about, just a, just a small entry before we talk about um, Doris Hornstein, who's my guest today in her book, that just was just published recently. Um, I wanna I wanna read something and and just sort of talk about how globalized this book is, um, though it comes from Jewish values, right? Mm-hmm. So in um, in uh, chapter one of the chapters, our neshama, different but all the same. In Hebrew, neshama is breath. Neshima, sorry, is breath. The Hebrew word word always fascinates me because it shares the same root as the word neshama, or soul. The only difference is the addition of the small letter yud that makes it between neshama to neshima. And then later, the same chapter, you write, I think our task in life is to uncover the neshama that is within us, to know and to understand who we are and how we need to feed and nourish our neshama. This task will be ours from the moment we are able to think until the moment we rejoin our Creator. Although in English there is only one word for soul, our sages says our soul actually has three elements. Each one contributes a different dimension to the soul. Nefesh, the physical side of our soul, the instinct, the instincts. Ruach, the emotional side and what creates our personalities, our spirit and our energy, the seat of good and evil. And finally, neshama, the intellectual and rational part of our soul, of, oh, sorry, of the soul. And I, you know, I, I read that piece this morning and, and I was thinking about um, what you're gonna share, how, how personal the experience was to created everything that is written in, this, in the book and then sharing it out. And we have been through very difficult weekend, um, globalized weekend, the events in New Zealand, and then waking up to um, another attack in uh, Israel this morning. And I just, you know, I looked at the um, title, Our Neshama, so different, but also so much similar. And I just want to take a moment and, and send prayers and hugs and, and condolences to families in New Zealand and families in Israel that um, lost loved ones in such a horrible way today. And um, just, yeah. you know, you all in our heart and hopefully us as, as globalized people that all share a different neshama, but, but also with all the same, with all the same, with all the same. Um, um, yeah. elements. It hurt me. It hurt me so much this weekend. You know yeah. what happened in the mosque in New Zealand, and this morning in Israel, and the the taking of the life in a most vile way, really. And you know who has the right to do that to another human being, whatever they are, right. regardless of religion. Right. This is absolutely wrong and and horrible. And I hope that the majority of this world is uh, is going to come up against it and speak about it so much that it will cease to exist. I would say amen. You know, really. It's, and our hearts go with all the people who are suffering and all the people who have experienced this loss. And for us, especially especially in the month of Adar, right before Purim, where the tradition is to be joyful, right? It's the whole concept of Adar is to be joyful. And here we are, there's families that are mourning. And a father of uh, 12 children and a young soldier, 19 years old, who hasn't yet experienced life, you know? I think the count in New Zealand is 59. In New Zealand? 49, I thought. 49 people. Yeah, horrible. So just, yeah. Just horrible. Um, so let's uh, let's make a little switch, and right before we make a switch, if you just tuned in this morning, you're listening to KBOO Portland. This is the Portland Jewish Hour. My name is Shuri Matzik, and my uh, guest this morning is uh, Doris, hello, <laughs> gifted um, educator. She is a natural educator by being, and um, 
fantastic uh, author now and um, mentor. Ta-da, ta-da, ta-da. Um, Doris Ornstein. So why don't we talk about what what happened? What happened in 1914? In 2014. Uh, two, sorry. <laughs> 1914, you know, it's a long time ago. Not a good stage either in our in our life, right? <laughs> First world war. Bad idea. But yeah. 2014, fall of 2014, my sister was diagnosed with cancer, and um, and it was she was my youngest sister at the age of 38. She was diagnosed with cancer, stage three breast cancer, living in Israel while I'm here. And I remember actually getting that phone call. It was a Thursday night. Our synagogue, Shari Torah, used to have a Friday night Shabbat services. It so happened to have that next day. I couldn't go to Shabbat dinner. I was so sad and so distraught over this. And I stayed home and I thought, how can I be of help? How can I lift her spirit being 10,000 miles away, right? I can't go and uh, to every chemotherapy appointment. I can't be, you know, what should I do? And so my husband and my son went to this Shabbat dinner and I stayed home in an empty house. And I actually detailed that in my book, how, you know, sometimes when you empty your mind, I sat there on the sofa, I didn't have the TV on or the radio, even though I love music, nothing was on. I just stared at the, at the walls and emptied my brain. And it's amazing what happens when you empty your brain. New ideas come. And the idea that came was every Saturday night, I will put some kind of inspirational video, you know, something that I thought about. And so I did. I began the next night and it was on for a whole year I did that. For a whole entire year. And that year. was that was directed to your sister, but what, yes. what else happened? But what happened was is that other people started chiming in and saying that it's helping them. And then I thought, okay, then I'll make a, f- a special Facebook page called Love Moments. Love meaning heart because I was speaking from my heart. And I did it for a whole year. And after that, I thought to myself, now what? What am I going to do? How? What am I going to do with these videos? And the next natural thing for me to do, okay, let's write them all down. <laughs> so I did. I spent the whole next year writing them all down. And then after that, I thought, okay, now what? I printed them all out. They were all on the living room with me sitting on the floor, like literally saying video one, video two, video three. And I thought they are all talking about relationships, each and every video, each and every word here. And so I was surrounded by these papers as my husband, Bob Hornstein, came into the room and I said, I need to split that, honey. And he said, well, split it to four, like you talked about Lev. And I thought, well, that was a good idea. He's, he's pretty smart. I'm going to stop you for a second. <laughs> Lev means heart. Mm-hmm. Lev means heart. Yes, love means heart. So I decided I'll split it to four chambers, just like the heart has four chambers. So will my book. And my book does have chambers, not chapters. So that makes it a little unique. And I divide it to the four relationships a person should have an experience to live wholeheartedly. And I'm excited uh, to share those four chambers with you. And so when I ask about, you know, when I say that, people always ask me, okay, what are the four chambers? Tell us. We want to know. So I don't know. You tell me. Should we speak about it now? Maybe we'll hear one more song. Well, let's do. I love songs. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then we'll go back to... Uh, go back to the chambers but also um you know you that your sister's experience didn't stop there it kind of went on right yeah that it was you know we actually the following summer 2015 i believe um we brought my my to my nephew my nephew and my niece they spent the summer with us here while my mom while my sister had to do radiation and then later on in that year my oldest sister was diagnosed with cancer and then a week later my mother was diagnosed with cancer so it has been quite a, a journey you know and and me being here it was so this book is 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 the is the product of all of what i've been feeling during this time with the idea of keeping my head above water and and inspire them so let's take a short it's kind of hard to stop right now, right? Um, <laughs> let's take a short stop and hear um, one of the songs that um, when I met earlier this week with Doris to talk about the show, um, she pointed out as one of the more encouraging ones she had. And that would be Shlomi Shabbat singing, En Od Milvado, There's No One Except For Him. <laughs> Thank you. 
ראיתי כוכבים שמאירים את העולם ועם הזמן נעלמים. טיפסתי על פסגות הרים בדרך, גם שאלתי בעצת החכמים. לא נתתי לעיניי להסתנוור מהמרות, והבנתי שיותר מדי זה לפעמים פחות. לקחתי לי מתוך השקט שיר לנשמה. אין עוד מלבדו, מלוא כל הארץ כבודו. הקדוש ברוך מלחמות אל מול היצר כמו מדבר צמא למימה, אדם נכנע, ושוב הנפש מבקשת לה מסתור מתחת לכנפי השכינה. גם אני עמדתי בפתח לכולם לבקש סליחה ממלך העולם. ולקחתי לי מתוך השקט שיר לנשמה. אין מלבדו, ולא כל הארץ כבודו, הקדוש ברוך שלומי שבת, I listen to his song. Usually the time I listen the most to this song is right before the month of Elul as we lead into the high holidays. Um, you know, there's nobody like him. The universe is filled with the, the blessed be he. And, you know, it's, it's, such, a, it, it's such a personal song. He, said, he talks about how he doesn't get blinded by the glitz of the world, but more connected to the neshama, which we have talked about it before. You know, that neshama that is inside each one of us. And I encourage you to, to listen to this song and kind of reflect on all the things that are outside, but... In the month of Elul, the month before the high holidays, that it, there, is a, there is teshuva, there is repentance, there is return, which is that's what the word means. Return into your real core, to your real neshama, to try to uncover. You know, all of our life, I, I 
to me, the neshama, and I think I talked about it in this book. I'm actually, I know I talked about it in this book. When we talk about the neshama, and sometimes it's a vessel. Think of any vase that you have vase that you have and over the years you know you put flowers you take flowers it becomes kind of film it's kind of dirty and what happens when you put soapy water and wash it you bring it back into this beautiful state of cleanliness right and to me that's what happened to the neshama that sometimes with life you know we we don't pay attention to it you know we we don't connect with it and that song helps me to like reconnect some people do meditation and they reconnect, right? You know, for me, I'm listening to these songs and I am trans- transported to yet another realm of me. So, anyway. And yes, you're still listening to KBOO Portland. Uh, this is my guest, Doris Weinstein, in her new book, Moments Mom- of the Heart. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> so, um, here, is, here is something about goodness that I, I would like to, to read. Judaism advocates that goodness is the personality trait with which we are all born. Kindness is an action we choose to engage in, allowing us to influence our surroundings. Kindness does not remain with us, but spreads to others. And then I go into talking about um, Jewish wisdom and Jewish uh, impact and what makes me say these words. And being a Jewish educator and by the way, loving to teach and loving to speak about partly my upbringing, which is in this book, but also the knowledge that I've gained in the 30 years of working within Jewish education, either in day school or the last 16 years an education director of a synagogue here in Portland. And so I feel, um, I feel lucky. I feel blessed that, I've, that I am able to learn, agree, digest it well, and then bring it to other people. How did you bring it into the four chambers okay. of relationships? Okay. Good question, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> so the first relationship, when we talk about the four relationships that a person should have to live wholeheartedly, when I say that people want to say, oh, what's the first one? Of course they talk about, oh, my relationship with my parents, my relationship with my husband, my relationship with my children. But I say the first relationship, really, the most important relationships that we have is the relationship we have with ourselves. And I think, and I'm not saying it in a narcissistic way that we have to like love ourselves in this way, but acknowledge who we are, value who we are in this world, right? Because if we do not have a good grasp on who we are as human beings and what we stand for and and, and how we operate in life and how our actions are the one that make our names. The first entry in this book, actually, is talking about the phrase from Tanhuma that it says there are three names by which a person is called. The name their parents call them, the name people call them, and the name they call themselves. And and then it continues that the name they call themselves, i.e. the name we call ourselves, is the name that is the most valuable of all. So, and how do we get our name? You know, how do we get our name? It's by the actions that we take in every single day. And it doesn't mean that we have to be perfect every single day, no. But the path needs to be in a certain way that going forward. The, the actions that define us. Exactly. This is the words I said. Yes. Good. Yeah. The actions, these are what defines us. And then I talk, I give a little um, short little reminder here for me, but I speak of it very shortly in the book about my army service and how I was in the officer training course. I, of course, I, every entry here in this book, I can talk about it for three other hours. But the good news is that you, the reader, do not have to do this. The book is actually pretty condensed. It's the first time that I've noticed, and I don't know surely if you noticed that, but in the back, it says reading time on this book. I don't know if other books, I've never seen it in other books, but it says 113 minutes to read it from cover to cover. Well, Everybody can do that. <laughs> the, the difficult here is that there are activities. So at the end of every entry, within each chamber, I have several entries, 10, 15 entries within each chamber. But then at the end of every entry, there is what I called your personal love moments, personal heart moments, and where I give suggestions to the reader to reflect upon, to do, to research, right? And that really what gets them thinking about this particular aspect. And this book, um, though, 
you know, we all have seen guidance books that um, tell us how we will be better in our life and all that. This book is sort of more mentoring or, or educating about choices that we can make and then let us choose where they're going to lead us to, right? There's no, like, there, there's, no, uh, th there's no perfect answer at the end. Yeah, yeah, you know, thank again, you for saying just, that. because connect to your, to your chambers. But let's, so we talked about a person relationship with himself. What uh -huh. are the other three relationships? So the other three, the second relationship is the relationship we have with people. May it be our spouse, our children, our parents, our colleagues. And we all have, you know, I mean, if everybody feels like us and talks like us, Maybe life would be boring. We may not have fights, but it would be boring. So everyone has sometimes difficulty dealing with all sorts of other things. So this book is giving us a different way of thinking about our interaction with other people, whatever they may be. And I hope that it will promote also understanding, compassion uh, for other people, even if they don't think like us, which is sometimes hard. That's an important point that we kind of have to stand forward on the water, mm -hmm. especially in days like this. Yeah, okay. yeah. So we had a person and himself, a person and his, the people, people. around him. Mm -hmm. What else? The third relationship has to do with what I call the relationship with God. Now, because I'm a believer in God, it's it's easier for me. But when I wrote this book, I actually was thinking of people that don't believe in God. And so I wrote it and I, in my introductor, in my introduction, you can see that I talk about the relationship with the, some people call it creator. Some people call it the source of nature. Some people call it the neshama that is inside of us, right? What I am talking about is that power, which is above you, right? It's whatever it is for you that you say, this is what I need to aspire, this is the power beyond my physicalness, right? That's the third chamber. And the fourth chamber is the relationship that we have with the events that happen in our life that defines us or that change us or that maybe shocked us in any way, right? So, for example, death is, is an event that happens that really changes sometimes who your perception and you birth, on the other hand, beautiful, happy birth, um, graduation from high school, bar mitzvah for us Jewish people, right? Bar mitzvah, yeah. weddings, you know, that. So, so how is my, how is my, my, myself, my relationship changes because of what happens to me? I'm going to make a quick stop to hear some word from Kebu, and then we're going to go back to Doris Hornstein, who is our guest today on the Portland Jewish Hour. world premiere of Jump, co-produced by Confrontation Theater and the Milagro Theater. The play runs from March 21st through April 13th at the Milagro Theater in Portland. Jump is the story of a 20-something who is reeling from the death of her mother. She is looking for solace in a good place to vape, but what she finds is a journey of self-discovery. Again, that's Jump, every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, from March 21st through April 13th at the Milagro Theater, 525 Southeast Stark Street in Portland. More information can be found at kboo.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events. KBOO Community Radio is proud to co-sponsor the Community Forum on Zenith Tar Sands Expansion on Tuesday, March 26th at 7 p.m. at City Hall in Portland. The Community Forum on Zenith Tar Sands Expansion will address the realities of climate breakdown and the expansion of fossil fuels infrastructure. The event will pose questions about oil train traffic along the Columbia River, impacts on First Nations, and more. Again, that's the Community Forum on Zenith Tar Sands Expansion on Tuesday, March 26th at 7 p.m. at City Hall. 1221 Southwest 4th Avenue in Portland. More information can be found at kboo.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events.
would be you know dancing this is you know what this reminds me and why I ask you to do this every Friday growing up my mom until today my mom listens to a radio show, talk show I mean not talk show music show on on uh, uh, yeah. and they have Shir Yam Tichoni or something like that right and, and Doris is talking about the um, Israeli radio channel that is all dedicated to Israeli music mm-hmm. only Israeli music yes Friday morning my mother will do this will play this music we will dance her way as she's making the best Persian foods ever right so what do I do being Persian I continue this tradition so I'm actually a mix right I'm a hundred percent Persian because my parents both are Persians but I was born in Israel so I'm also Israeli and now I'm in America so and I am a citizen so I guess I'm American so <laughs> a combination of I'm a mishmash but nonetheless I listen to this music and it gets me you know it's called the music is the name of that particular song it's called Yam Shel Ha'ava a sea of love now how can you not want to bring love into your life so when I make Shabbat dinners I put this kind of music on I dance I chop my parsley and my cilantro I make this Persian food <laughs> it's the best ever and bring love and bring love you know yeah You yeah. sound like my grandmother when I ask her, so how do you, what do you put inside that makes it different? And she says, love. It's so true. So yeah. true. So true. You're listening to KBOO Portland. This is the Portland Jewish Hour, and we are 90.7 FM. 
um, if you are just tuning in and if you're kind of on the road, you should uh, wait for till we done and then you'll be able to listen to us online. I forgot to say that today, so you have to forgive me, but uh, we will be available online on kboo.fm in the archive for the next two weeks to listen. Um, I'm having a conversation here with Doris Ornstein about her book, Moments of the Heart. Yeah, Moments of the Heart. I was saying that right this time. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And um, um, I was, I was going to say Moments of the Love, and I was like, wait a minute, there's no love in there. Yeah. Um, and a little bit about the relationships that uh, build that book and uh, the Jewish values within um, Doris that have been her nest that brought her to create this book and, and also her place as a community leader. Um, and very gifted mentor and educator here in Portland. Toda, thank you so much. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> um, so creating creating the videos and then putting it in the book, what did it do to your relationship with your family? I think it uh, it brought us together more, you know, especially for me because I am the only one far away. Everybody there is in a 10-minute, 15-minute ride in the car. So it connected with me, with my dog, with my sister. And then I actually went to Israel in um, in February. So I got that news in the fall of 2014. In February of 2015, I surprised my sister and I arrived to her 39th birthday. It's actually, it's one of the entries in the book. And there's actually also a picture of me visiting my, my sister and, and, um, and connecting with her and accompanying her to a chemotherapy appointment and making a video. One of the videos I made during that year was with me in the hospital with her as she's getting chemotherapy. And I did a whole thing about if I'm not for myself, who will be for me? And if not, now when? And yeah, and it had a lot of clicks on that. And and the ladies in your family, the two sisters and, and your mom both had successful battle right they all thank survive. god they are all well they're all healthy i say that at the very end of my book so you know you are you the listeners you know ahead of time that they're okay but i keep i i do not say that until the very end there's a picture of my sister at the end uh just this past year went to paris and there's a beautiful picture of her in paris and thank god you know god was on on her side and and may May everybody out there, you know, who suffers from illness, may they find um, healing and may they be inspired. And and my sister was positive and she had a fighting, fighter attitude, definitely, you know. And I think that's when uh, the, she won it because she didn't just give up. You know, she was doing it. And because she was under the age of 40, she had to do double the amount of chemotherapy. She had 16 radi- chemotherapy cycles mm-hmm. and and over about four months of radiation, which is a lot, a lot. Yeah, it killed every other cells in her body. (laughs) Unfortunately, uh, breast cancer and and fighting cancer became so uh, common, Mm -hmm. um, um, which is a a good opportunity for us to remember the teenagers fighting for climate change um, on Friday and and how some of it is related to that, especially coming from Israel, we know that. Skin cancer is very common in Israel because of pollution and, and other things. So I'm hoping that people who are going through the battle, have people in their life going through the battle, will find some courage in your book and, and some guidance in that. And amen, I want to ask you... And it's, you know what? It's also not only for Jewish audience, this book. And I want to make sure that they know, even though it stems from Jewish wisdom, because I am Jewish and I am an educator who turned into author, who turned into speaker now... Uh, it's not only for a Jewish person. It's anybody who wants to find spirituality, anybody who wants to be feeling uplifted, anybody who wants to work on their own self, with their families, the relationships that they have in the world around them. So you being such a such a leader in the community, and a lot of people have been referred to you through the years that, you know, that I've been here, what part of that did you bring to the book? And... Um, What part of that do you send forward from the book? That's a great question. Beautiful. One of the entries actually in my book is about leadership. And I talk about the leadership. First of all, the word leadership in Hebrew is manhigut. Manhigut. And it comes from the root 
and in my book, I use a lot of the Hebrew and I teach about the roots and how the roots give us a glimpse into the meaning, into the hidden meaning. And I talk about that the root from manhigut is nehag and, and being a driver. So, so the idea that you're a leader, you have to be a driver. Now, in a driver, there's also a hege, okay, which is the steering wheel. And, and how we steer our wheel, each one. We all have our own car and our own wheel and our own way of transporting ourselves spiritually from one place to another, right? Is how we use that wheel that we have. And, and I always have this image, you know, when you hold on to a wheel and you make a turn, a part of the wheel becomes the bottom, right? And another part becomes the top as you turn your wheel. And that's sometimes life is, you know, sometimes whatever is up can be down and whatever is down can be up, right? And the idea eventually is to have it balanced. So when you turn, it's upside down, it's turning, but then you go to straight road, the car balances itself, the steering wheel balances itself. And that's like leadership. And that's exactly what leadership is, is to know when to steer, when to turn, and how to create balance. And leaders, unfortunately, that don't do that, create chaos. And that, I think, is something for us to learn. When we look into elections in Israel or the political situations here without getting into politics, it's, it's what venue creates balance and what venue creates chaos. And some leadership creates chaos. We need to be aware of that for our own safety and the safety of the country in which we live. So how do you how do you send the message home to people? Well, it's always start as the book, it's always start with the personal, right? Being an example, because leadership is being an example to other people, right? How do we choose that aspect, being a leader? And so all my life, I and my kids will probably tell you, we've had well, we have evening conversations over the dinner table. It was very important for us as a family, for my husband and I, even though we worked evenings, many evenings, we always have dinners around the table, not waiting for Friday night. And the concept of manhigut, of leadership, came over and over again because my husband is a leader in the Jewish community, and so am I. So the, the aspect that we transfer to our children is that responsibility comes with leadership. And not only responsibility for who I, for myself, but responsibility for everybody that listens to me. You know, what am I carrying with me? So if every leader in this world will think of themselves, not what do I gain, my personal thing, how do I gain more seats or more whatever, but what is the message and how am I responsible to the people who vote for me, who are with me, who follow me? You know, I think that's important. So, um, that's, that's, does that does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. These are yeah. some really strong words. I think I need a yeah. minute to, to process yeah. you saying that. Um, and and I think it's really it's really true. And and um, unfortunately, not always the people we choose to be leaders have been through you know some kind of a leadership guidance and and um, you know think that if they have the power, they are necessarily. Um, um, you know, Moses leaders, was the, but not so. So Moses, right? In our in our tradition, Moses was the greatest leader, right? He yeah. is the. And look, to me, the learning point with Moses, and I know we don't have much time, but here's one minute. And I did mention it in my book. I did write it in my book. When you fail, you know, when you fail, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai and he saw the people building the golden calf, right? He threw the tablets and they broke. Okay, and what did he do then? What's the first thing he did? After that, when, when he saw that, here it is, God's words on the tablets, and, and the people were building all the camp, what did he do? He walked back up, and he was there for yet another 40 days, this time writing the, 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 the tablets with his own writing, right? God inspired, but handwritten by man, and it gives us the responsibility, the, the personal responsibility. So sometimes when we're down, and leaders can be down because other things happen around them that is not good. It's the idea of if you if you choose to be a leader and you have this leader, don't give up. Just keep on going. Be, be the Moses of today, right? Keep on going. Keep on going. If you have the right message, the right moral values that are attached to these lessons, to this message, right? And you have the people that support you, don't give up. Let's uh, hear one more uh, uplifting song. Yes. And then we'll talk about what's happening now. Okay. <laughs>
את השיר, מהסרט הישן שכל כך אהבנו. איך אותך אני מכיר, כמה זה עושה לי טוב לזכור תמיד כל מה שעברנו. בלי לומר מילה, דיברנו כל הלילה בלי לומר מילה, והשקט יפה פה, איך השקט יפה. בלי לומר מילה, זה כתוב לך בעיניים בלי לומר מילה, את ליבך אישר פה, את ליבך אישר פה. jewisheducationservices.com you can find more about me uh, a little bit of the book there's some um, some pieces that I copied and it's on the book available if you want to bring me to your community there's the press release kit there there's online courses a ton of good stuff a ton of good stuff and, and what is available for people who want to get to know you more learn Hebrew from you maybe get some wisdom uh, all of it is on my Facebook on my well you can connect me through Facebook or LinkedIn Facebook is just uh, moments of the heart and LinkedIn my name uh, also I'm on Twitter and but go to my website jewisheducationservices.com you will get the online classes you will be able to email me contact me if you would like um, different coaching for Hebrew Judaica Jewish wisdom it's it's right there for you I would love to hear from you So I want to say thank you for this amazing natural speaker, the Reese Ornstein, who came <laughs> into my show today. It was really great having you here. My pleasure. And while the song was uh, singing, um, you guys couldn't hear that, but uh, the host of the Persian Hours right after us uh, came in, and the Reese was congratulating him and um, uh, welcoming him in, in Farsi, which I think is really awesome, because that's the whole point of being here and, and making cable work and also... bringing our community together and, and all people together yes. no matter where they come from and they can connect on language and food and, and I know food, enough so. Persian to be dangerous but that's it <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thank you very much for tuning in and listening to KBO Portland and the Portland Jewish Hour the show is going to be available for you to listen for the next few weeks on KBOO.fm I'm Shuri Rodzik I'll be back um, early April with uh, some uh, music and preparing to um Passover and uh, potentially some uh, more guests that were supposed to come to the show, so we'll see if we can make it happen. And we heard Perch uh, Bashmama by Tai Levy, and Eden Zaken is going to uh, finish the show. These are all like, really happy, uplifting songs that Doris chose. Thank you so much for your You're welcome. Choices. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. <laughs> It was really fun. And... Um, Have a wonderful, it's a beautiful Sunday out there, so have a wonderful Sunday, and I want to send a blessing from here to um, Elizabeth Schwartz and uh, Beth Hammond. We're celebrating um, their, uh, their anniversary today, so uh, you guys are in my heart, and I'm very happy that you came together, because I love both of you, and um, what a beautiful day outside to celebrate. So have a great day, and thank you so much. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you.
I'm a shabbat. 